Welcome to A Word From The Wise, the Soulwise podcast. We come to you the beginning of each month where we talk about products that we do, uh, news in the industry, and uh, just anything that we think you might be interested in. You can hear us on Spotify, Amazon Music. We can be seen on video on YouTube. Uh, or just find us wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Hello, welcome to the Word from the Wise from Soulwise, our monthly podcast. I'm back here with Daniel again, and today we're going to talk about the guest internet hotspot solution. Um, so in a nutshell, Daniel, what is the guest internet hotspot solution? The guest internet hotspot solution uh, consists of a device which, if you're watching on video, you can see here, um, which you would connect to like your, your network and what it does is it allows anything else that's plugged into the hotspot gateway to be controlled by it. Um, in particular, it allows you to set up a what's called a captive portal or landing page. Those are the technical names you'll hear. Uh, so that when someone connects to the network on their device, rather than just connecting through straight away, they are brought to a web page in which they need to receive access in some way, log in perhaps. So what sort of setting would you be using this? So this is like for Putting in a cafe or something like that for yeah, sharing Wi-Fi. it's the kind of thing that you would use, and I'm sure you, you'll have seen before on your own devices, in places like cafes, restaurants, hotels, resorts, that kind of thing. Like, just thing, things ran for, for the public to uh, connect with their devices in, basically. Could you use it in a business where you get a lot of guests, do you think? Yeah, yeah. If, any, any kind of business where you've got members of the public coming in uh, which you want to you want to a have this web page that they need to log in on because it looks good and professional and also there's benefits in terms of it stops them from being able to have direct access to like your actual network yeah like, so if you had a site scenes of it so if you had a site where for instance a lot of contractors coming in that might be quite handy mightn't it yeah because anyone that connects to your network via one of these hotspot gateways as you can kind of tell because it's called a gateway um they're isolated from your main network and also isolated from anything else that's on the gateway so they completely can't do anything except basically usually just use the internet that's, yeah that's, that's what you'd usually so so this box that we've got here is is the actual um hotspot gateway but how does the customer where does the wi-fi come from then there is one version of of this kind of device called the uh we call it the, G, the gisk1 yeah which broadcasts its own wi-fi signal uh so that's good if you're in say a small scale environment like one room, two rooms, small or building. Or a cafe, something um, like that. Yeah. yeah. But often, obviously, if you want the Wi-Fi to be, say, outside or spread across a larger area, a large building with lots of rooms, yeah. you'll probably need multiple sources of Wi-Fi, uh, which you'll do by having access points, Wi-Fi access points. And any Wi-Fi access point you have connected into this device 
or into the network on the other side of this device will be controlled by it. So anyone that connects to the Wi-Fi of these access points you have set up, it brings them through to the landing page. Yeah, so it just contro it essentially controls people's access to the internet using other Wi-Fi devices. Yes. Yeah, okay. That makes sense then. Um, so the you said about a landing page, um, is that something that you can customise to your own look? Yeah, so first of all, the most straightforward way, when you're setting up one of these devices, um, you're brought through to a wizard uh, for the like quick setup, which is very easy to use. And that allows you to do basic things like choose a, a background, um, enter in, like say, your business name, if you have a logo or something, um, any details like that. And also it lets you choose what login type you want to have. So there's, cause there's a few different ways you can log in. Probably the most common way is for using codes. So you can generate a series of random codes, just strings of text, um, which you can then print out or just copy down and hand out to uh, new guests as they come in. And then when they get brought through to the login page, they have to enter this codes that you've given them. So is that an individual code to an individual customer, for instance? It can be. It doesn't yeah. have to be. You, you can, when you create the codes, you can specify if you want it to be one code per person, or if you want one code to be able to be reused for lots of people. So you could do, for instance, if you were in a cafe and you had a blackboard, for instance, you could have that code on that for the for that day, and everyone uses the same code. Yeah, rather yeah. than a standard Wi-Fi password, because yeah. any of the Wi-Fi access points we've talked about that you'd have connected into this, yeah. they can all be open and unsecured yeah. because you're not relying on the Wi-Fi to be providing you security. You've got this gateway uh, yeah. for the security. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thing I'll mention you can do on the Kurds is, along with having, you can choose how many people can be connected onto each code. You can set how long the code will last, like you can say it expires after an hour yeah. or 24 hours. Um, and you can specify if you want a certain bandwidth limit, so how, what kind of speeds people have access to when connected. Because if you had one person connected that was, say, like streaming something on Netflix in 4K or something and it was taking up all the bandwidth, that will slow down everyone else on the network, which you don't really want. But using these codes, you can set it so that each user of a certain code can only get like, say, five meg, 10 meg. So based on that then, could you say, um, if you were giving them away with your coffees or something, so you get a latte, so you get a half hour, and the limitation is whatever it is, and then you buy a cappuccino and you get an hour, so you could do that within the same setup? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can be yeah. creative about that, yeah. So, yeah. And can you limit the content as well? So, for instance, you don't want people watching hardcore porn on in your cafe. Yeah, so can or, you limit that sort of thing as well, or worse? Yeah. 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 There's a content filter you can enable. Yeah. Um, it requires setting up an account on a third-party platform called OpenDNS. Right. It's free to do. Yeah. Uh, you create an account there, and then you can link it to your captive portal and then they have like a pre-done list of sites that they block, which you can also go into and 
edit uh, however you wish. So can you add new sites to that list? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with the con with with the wizard that you mentioned about and the setting up for this, do you really need to be a network technician, or could somebody who who is the cafe owner, for instance, could could they set this up themselves? In all likelihood. Yeah, no, it's it's dead easy. Um, yeah. The wizard goes through every bit you would need, like checking that it has network access, choosing what kind of login type you want, um, the basic looks of the, the page, and that's stuff that's is presented in a very easy way. You can yeah. just get through, just clicking, clicking your mouse in two minutes and it's fine. Uh, and then if you did have a bit more network knowledge and you wanted to do some other more technical things, that's all in there too, so yeah. it covers covers both worlds. Yeah. And could you charge people for the service? Yes, uh, not with this device here, which is the JSR2. Yeah. That one doesn't have payment facilities, but every other model we do has the ability to make people pay to log in. Um, so is this one that this R2 is the, like the baby of the R2? Sort of, yeah. This is, this is the, so the simplest yeah. one. Um, it's got the lowest number. So. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, every, every other one, how you would do it with the payment facilities is you have to set up an account on PayPal Business yeah. and then link that to the hotspot. Right. And then when you want to charge guests, they don't need a PayPal account, they can do it with PayPal or they can just use the credit card. So yeah. enter in the card details, uh, which you would, which aren't stored in the gateway, you would collect them yourself. Um, so it's on, it's on your behalf to do that. Uh, but you can have like different levels of payment and then based on that you can hand out different codes that perhaps have faster speeds so you, you can do that kind of thing to incentivize yeah so we said about we've got the r2 here and that being the baby of the range as it were other than that wi-fi one that's uh which is the uh, cheap and gis k1 okay. is the wi-fi one so what's the difference between the rest of the r ranges so you've got like an r2 r6 r10 and so yeah, on so R4, what's the difference r20 r40 um so you can kind of go in order based on the numbers in the names that each one is just a slightly better version of the previous uh, other than the lack of payment facilities in the r2 there aren't any significant differences in what uh, what they can actually do, like what facilities they offer. They all have the same interface, they all do the same things. So the main difference is just basically the, the how, how powerful they are, the throughput capacity. Like for instance, this one, although it's got gigabit ports, it has a maximum throughput of 100 meg, right. which should be enough for your, your standard small scale scenario where you've got say like maximum of, I don't know, 10, 20 people and at once that are perhaps just So it's about how many users media. can connect to it's it. It's about then. how many users you have and what what they're going to be doing. Because, um, you know, if it's like a cafe or something, you're not going to really have people streaming lots of TV shows or anything like no. that. Um, so you don't need too much. But then it goes up from there. So like the R4 has got 150 meg capacity, yeah. R6 is 200 meg, and it, it mostly goes up like that, like in approximately the same level each time. So this little one, for instance, you wouldn't use in a conference space, but you could look at something like the R40 and you could use that in a exactly, conference yeah. space with hundreds and of the, people. The R40 has more ports to go along with that. This one is, you can't see, but it's got uh, five ports, I believe. 
Let's have a look. We'll turn Make it around sure for those that are watching. Yeah, yeah. Good. well done. Yeah. <laughs> Product oh, knowledge, yeah. being yeah. sensible uh, there. Yeah. Right. Obviously, it goes up from there as they get bigger. Um, and I want, I suppose, one of the details. Some of the later models, I think, from the, I want to say, the R10 upwards, um, offer dual WAN, so um, which is a way you can get a faster throughput because obviously, if you've got two WAN inputs going in. Uh, that's double the speed and it, it, it alternates between like if, if one user connects they'll be on one one input and if a second user connects they'll go into the second and it rotates like that so you've got uh, double the uh, double the throughput through any of those dual one models if you have a dual one setup to get into it whilst you were talking about ports it made me wonder can you add a switch to it so that you could have extra yeah, access definitely. points yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's what a lot of people will do any device that you have coming out of one of these ports will be obviously controlled by it and then anything else you have connected into that device will be controlled by it and so on and so on. So you can have a switch going into it and then anything going into the switch will be controlled. Right. And if you had another switch into that you can go endlessly onwards from there. Yeah. Are they secure? Does it have a firewall built in or anything like that? Yeah, they are secure. So as I mentioned they've got the client isolation which means any anyone that connects onto this and is controlled by it, um, can't access anything on the WAN side of it. So they can't access anything on your main network. On, on this, they can only see things that are also connected to that kind of portal. And really they can't even do that because there's the client isolation. So they can't even like ping other people that are on the same network. They're completely alone. So yeah, they're, they're very secure in that way with the firewall that they've got in. Um, so they're secure, obviously, with the firewall and all of that. Mm -hmm. How about um, from a GDPR point of view, collecting people's data? How does yeah. that all work? So that's the thing that has become concerns and that's GDPR came in about five years ago now. Yeah, 2018. Gosh, where's the time gone, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and yeah, so I guess the internet, obviously, were on the ball with that and it does comply with GDPR and the legislation that says anyone that runs kind of hotspot service, they need to be able to catalog certain details about anyone that connects in, in case that person that connects in does anything illegal that's picked up. Right. Um, that, that's, that's something that everyone that runs this kind of hotspot service has to do. And so guess instead make it very easy to do that. Um, and we anyone, have all those legal disclaimers on our website as well, so if anybody it, wanted to read further about yeah, that... And on Guest Internet's website, they have their own Absolutely. version yeah. of it. Um, and essentially how it complies is it will store certain details, such as uh, MAC addresses and like the, 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 the name of the device, whatever the device has, if it has like a, an actual name, that'll be saved. Um, and then depending on the login method that you've set it to use, so I spoke about how does the code method, which most people use, obviously you've got the code details, which will usually be only used by one device, but if not, you've got the MAC address. Um, you can also have certain login methods, like they have to enter in some personal details, which are then emailed over. So they enter in a name, um, they can enter in anything you ask of them. So 
I don't know what else you'd want other than the name for this kind of thing. Yeah. But anything they enter is then sent over via email to an email that you would input into it. Like if, if you've got your own business email. Yeah. So in terms of the stuff that's saved, obviously GDPR requires most things to be saved for six months. The hotspot itself won't save much. It'll save some of the code details if you let it, if you don't delete them. Um, but for the most part, the onus is on you to save any details that are emailed over. So you would just keep them in your email inbox. Or if if you're particularly techy, you can input like a, a server to store them on in the put them in, a in the configuration. Yeah. yeah. Does it have the facility where a customer can get in touch and say, um, because via GDPR you have to be able to um, accept that somebody wants to be removed from your system? Is it easily removed as well? Then? Yeah. Well, as I say, it's, none of it's really saved. Right. Um, of course, so, yeah, it goes so, yeah. into the email. So, yeah. I have to mention that. Yeah. So it depends on how you save it. Uh, yeah. It? And then after six months, you would just want to delete any details that you've kept. But yeah. As I say, that's all on your end. So I just want to take us back to when we were talking about the types of access points that you might put on there. Could you have. Um, you kind of covered this earlier, but I just want to clarify it for people. Can you broadcast like a guest? network and a staff network and yeah. similar, like that type of thing. Yeah, so it does somewhat depend on the access points that you're using, if they can provide multiple SSIDs at once. But whereas on, on the one hand, you can provide a Wi-Fi access to guests and staff just by having some access points that are connected into this gateway and then some access points that just bypass it, that are just connected straight to your router or your main network, and you give those an SSID for staff to use, and then the other one's an SSID for guests So to when use. you say SSID, do you want to explain what that means to the people who SSID don't know SSID means? just means like the name. an individual Wi-Fi broadcast, yeah. So like it could say kitchen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like if, if, if we had this kind of thing, it'd be like Solwise staff and Solwise guest would be the two. Right, oh, I see, yeah. Like yep. guest wouldn't have any security because it would be open to connect to and then you've got the captive portal whereas and then staff would have its own wi-fi security and can you use any access point or yeah, yeah no no uh no compatibility issues at all you can use anything mm -hmm. um but getting back to what we we're just discussing if you perhaps wanted to be a bit more efficient and not have some access points that are separate and then some that are controlled by this you could have just have access points that are controlled by this if those access points have the ability to do multiple SSIDs and VLAN support, if you're technical with how to do VLANs, mm -hmm. um, you can have some one SSID, which is the guest one, which is just normal and is controlled by this. And then you can have a VLAN on your second SSID to bypass this gateway, right. even though the exit point's connected into the gateway. It's quite a powerful bit of kit really, isn't it? Yeah. Does it have um, cloud support? Yes, uh, there is also cloud support. It's a guest internet uh, service, but it's it's free to use. So you have to create an account. And what can you do with the cloud? Then? It's just about configuring the settings, and I suppose also looking at the uh, the usage data because there is you can look at stats on usage through through the interface of this as well as say uh, you can view all the current codes that are being used, individual connections, kick people off if you need to, so does uh, that see mean... how much bandwidth is being used, that kind of thing. Yeah, so does that mean then that you can remotely manage it as well? Yeah, you can remotely monitor it and manage it 
without necessarily being on site. Yeah. So obviously there's... So if you were a reseller, for instance, and you were putting these in a bunch of places for people who were not technical, and then they said, oh, we've got this problem, you could just log in and help them sort their problem yeah, out. you can change any Maybe. settings, yeah. check if anything's going wrong, update firmware if you need to, lots of, lots of things you can do. Can you create new codes remotely? Yes, that, yeah. that's, that's in the settings interface. Anything you can do in the settings interface, you can do it on site or via cloud. Right. Well, I think we've covered most things there are to say about that. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think we've answered all the questions I've got here. Yeah, uh, I think we're good. One, one more thing I'll mention about the login page that I suppose I didn't go into. So along with the code login and the email login and payment facilities, if you wanted to have this kind of thing to cover yourself uh, for as we mentioned about GDPR, you need this kind of gateway um, to protect yourself from just having anyone connect and then to potentially do something dodgy, but you're not too interested in making people log in with codes or emails and stuff like that. You can have it set that when they connect or they get brought to this landing page, but all they have to do is click a button saying they agree to certain terms yeah. and that's it. You can do that as well. So it can be a very yeah. open if you want it to be. And if you are techie. Uh, if, if you've got, say, a custom website that you've coded in HTML that you would rather use than the basic template login page that this device has on offer, you can enter in a custom HTML login page to use instead. Or if you've got a web page that you want people to go onto but isn't necessarily designed to have this kind of login, um, you can set it so that once they've logged in, they're automatically redirected to your own page. Right. And there's one more login method I've just remembered, which isn't supported by all of them. Um, I think they're kind of trying to phase it out, but it's still there for some. Uh, it's a social media login, so ah, people can right. log in yeah. with their Facebook accounts. Right. So, if, so then you could get them to like your page on Facebook and things like that, couldn't you? Yeah, that would yeah. be the advantage That's the idea behind that. And I suppose if you can collect the email addresses, you can do mailers out to people then as well, can't you? If they've agreed to that as well. Yes. Under the GDPR rules, obviously. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's given us a, a very broad overview, so thank you very much, Daniel. Um, and I guess if anybody's got any questions or queries or want to discuss it further, they can always give us a ring or pop us an email across, can't they? And yeah, we'll, I'll, oh, well, we can because every be the one to <laughs> indeed, well, and, and every situation is likely to be different, isn't it? So we have got yeah, a lot of these out there, quite so. a lot you can do with these, so yeah, there's a lot to cover. Excellent. So if anyone's got any questions, just give us a ring or pop us an email across sales at solwise.co.uk. Or type it in the comments below. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll get our producer, Sarah, to put it in the comments below so that uh, then anyone can get in touch if they need to. So thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for watching or thank you for listening, whichever you chose to do. Uh, if you normally listen, by all means, come and have a look at us over on YouTube if you want to scare yourselves. If not, just find us wherever you get your normal podcasts from. Thank you very much. See you next month.